Let's have church. Okay, uh, gen- turn in your Bibles to Genesis 21. Genesis 21 will land there eventually. Um, our midweek series we're going through right now is called When People Are Big and God is Small. When People Are Big and God is Small. What we've been doing in this series is looking at different ways that our sins are connected back to fearing people, the fear of man. That the fear of man isn't underneath every sinful behavior or every wrong thought or every temptation, but I think by the end of the series, you'll agree that it's underneath a lot of them. A lot of our struggles that we have in the Christian life, a lot of the bad decisions we make, and perhaps a lot of the good decisions that we never make, fueling them, laying underneath them. Proverbs 29.25 is the verse we get this main idea from, this contrast between living in the fear of man versus living in the fear of God. Solomon says, The fear of man bringeth a snare, or a trap, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. And we've used really these contrasting images this whole series. Your life can feel like you're stuck in a trap, and that's what living in the fear of man feels like, isn't it? Or your life can feel like being safe and protected in a fortress. And really, we choose which place we're going to live in. We choose whether our life is going to feel like a trap when we let other people and what they think about us control us, or if our life is going to feel like we're protected in a fortress. That is, living in the fear of of the Lord. And what we've been doing is looking at these specific fears, these different ways the fear of man will manifest itself in our life, and then asking, how can I overcome this problem? How can I overcome this fear by growing in how I fear the Lord? So tonight, the fear we are considering is this, the fear of being ignored. The fear of of being ignored. Uh, How many of you have seen this movie, uh, Coco? Uh, 2017, that's it? Okay. If you haven't seen it and you have Disney+, Plus, um, spoiler alert, I can't really use this as an illustration without spoiling the movie, okay? So it's four years old. That's not my fault you haven't seen it. Here's 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 the short version. People think I know a lot about theology, but when I study the Bible, I just think of like Disney movies. That's, that's the level I'm at it, okay? Uh, it's the story of Miguel and his, his longing to be connected with one of his ancestors, his great-great-grandfather. He, he, the way he understands it, his great-great-grandfather was this famous, famous musician, Ernesto de la Cruz. Some of you thought I couldn't say it, but I did. Ha. Thank you. He goes to the land of the dead to find him, but it turns out that his real ancestor and the author of the song, ironically, Remember Me, which I'm not going to sing, is a forgotten songwriter and musician named Hector. De La Cruz just stole all of his stuff. And in the end, they're they're reunited. Now, um, one of the really captivating things about this story, at least for me, and I think one of the reasons that it was so successful in the box office was that in this, in this world, in the world behind the story, um, 
these, these characters who live in the land of the dead could only continue living if they had people in the land of the living memorializing them. So if they were remembered, if they were celebrated, if they were memorialized, they would keep on existing. But once the last memory of them faded, they would face final death. And that their skeletal forms would just completely disappear. If you haven't watched the movie, I know this sounds crazy, but just, just bear with me. The reason I think this connected with people, and obviously Pixar is not the place to go for a biblical understanding of the afterlife, this isn't really how it works, but I think the reason that this resonated with people is that it it can feel like a kind of death for people to not know or remember you. Isn't that true? It can feel like a kind of death to be left out to be on the outside, to be forgotten. It can feel like we don't live if people are ignoring us. So what what is this fear of being ignored? Here's a definition. To live by the fear of being ignored is to constantly need people to see, acknowledge, and pay attention to us. It's in your handout, so I'll give it to you one more time. To live by the fear of being ignored is to constantly need other people to see, acknowledge, and pay attention to us. When we are trapped in this fear, when we're we're snared in this fear, when we're living by this fear, whenever we don't feel seen, Whenever what we do and who we are goes unacknowledged, whenever we feel invisible, whenever we don't receive enough attention, we we wither and we fall apart. Now, before we go any deeper into this, I want to give just a couple of disclaimers, okay? We we talked about this, Pastor Tyler talked about this with the fear of harm. Uh, Harm is not a good thing, Right? And there is a healthy concern for harm, but we shouldn't be controlled by always worrying about being harmed by other people or we can't live our lives for God. And it's the same thing with the fear of being ignored. Being ignored is not good, okay? We do need affirmation. We do need love. We need relationships. So the, 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 the biblical vision for uh, to live a flourishing, complete life is not to be a hermit and go up on a hill and live by yourself and say, I don't need people. God says it's not good for man to be alone. We need others. That's what that means. So we're not created to be isolated. We're, we're created to live in a community. We need some attention. And if your parents neglected you when you were a kid, that's not okay. If you're being ignored in a relationship that means a lot to you, that's not okay. If people treat you like you are invisible, listen, that's not okay. That's not what this session is about. But while we should not aspire to be ignored, we should not live by or be controlled by the fear of other people ignoring us. This is not what should dominate our lives. And let me say this, as Christians... Uh, We should not ignore others. That is not the way of Jesus. 
We, we shouldn't pass others by. We need to practice hospitality in our homes, and we need to practice soul hospitality by listening to people and taking them into our hearts, because that is what you're doing when you're listening. You're opening up your space in your heart to take in other people, and to not do that is very unchristian. However, while being ignored is not good, and while ignoring people is not the way of Jesus, we cannot live by the fear of other people ignoring us, because when we do that, people are bigger to us than God is. So being ignored is not a good experience, but at the same time, the fear of being ignored should not control our lives. So what does this fear look like? When when we give in to the fear of being ignored, what exactly are we afraid of? When, When we're falling into that trap, what are we constantly obsessing over and what are we worried about? What dominates our thinking? Well, this can, can flesh out in a few different ways. Your primary fear could be being ignored in your workplace. Being ignored in your workplace, if you're following along in the handout. Now, if you're in the workforce, this could look like you taking on responsibilities, maybe more than you're supposed to. You do things better than the other people around you. Sometimes you do their job, but your superiors, they don't give you a raise, they don't even give you a compliment, they don't acknowledge how much you're doing for the company, no one acknowledges how much unofficial overtime you're doing, and you feel ignored. You do a lot that's not in your job description. You haven't got a pay raise maybe in a very long time. You were passed up for a promotion And when you fear being ignored in your workplace, that that fear says, I don't know if I can be happy in my job. I don't know if I can be happy in my vocation as long as I'm not getting this attention that I really want from other people. In fact, it can get to the point, even if you like your work, where just because of the fact other people fail to acknowledge and recognize you, you become miserable in your job. And in that way, they are literally controlling your life. And by the way, this is just as true if you're not in necessarily the workforce, but you work at home, like if you're a, if you're a stay-at-home mom, that, that you could be maybe ignored by your husband that doesn't appreciate all that you do in the home, or you could be ignored by your friends if they all work outside the home. They may look down on you. We also fear being ignored among friends, ignored by our peers, Maybe for you, this comes out of your experience. You once had a very close group of friends. You always were hanging out. You you were very transparent with each other. You were always going on trips together and doing fun things during the week. And now, they've kind of moved on without you for whatever reason. Now, that may feel uh, devastating. The truth is, though, our friendships and relationships do change. Most friendships don't last 20 or 30 years. So this is just a natural part of being an adult. You're going to end up switching friend groups, and it's really pretty normal. But when it's happening to you, that can feel devastating because you're, you're now being ignored by the people that once gave you love, that once gave you affirmation, that once made you feel important. And, and, and how God sees you and how God feels about you and how you relate to God is, is of so little importance and it takes up so little space in your mind that now that you're outside of this friend group, you feel devastated and you even question your worth as a person. 
because of how much stock you were putting into what they thought about you. You could be ignored in your family, ignored by your family. Your husband used to care deeply about knowing you, especially before you were married and you were dating. Now he has moved on. Just life transitions, things, things have happened, he has a lot of responsibility, and you feel like as a wife he doesn't care about knowing you as much as he used to. Or, or maybe you're a husband and you, you feel ignored by your wife, that she doesn't appreciate all, all that you do, or she has so many things that she's trying to do at once, or she's always busy with the kids and giving them attention, you don't feel like you're getting enough attention. And it could, it could by the way, even apply completely outside of marriage. Because a lot of you, actually, many of you in here have adult children that are already outside the home. And in your, you know, when they were born and you took them home from the hospital, you imagined that decades later you have this great relationship. They'd always be bringing the grandkids over. They would live in the same town. You'd always be making them cookies or whatever. And they only call you like on special holidays. Or maybe sometimes they forget to call you on special holidays. And you're realizing that a lot of the affirmation and attention that you were expecting to get in your aging years is now, that investment is not being returned by your adult children. And you feel like you're withering and being crippled on the inside because you've come to depend on that so much. You could fear being ignored at church. You could fear being ignored at church. You fear being invisible. You're volunteering in a ministry. You've taken that that fifth growth step. You do a lot of things to help people, but you never get mentioned from the pulpit. You're not in the bulletin. People, maybe you're doing something that's just by its nature because it's behind the scenes. There's a lot of other people in the church that honestly just have no idea that you're doing it. And because you don't get attention and because you're not being noticed and because you feel like you're not being seen in that ministry role, even though that role may be very, very important and vital to the health of the church, because people aren't giving you that affirmation, you feel like it's it's pointless. Well, well, why am I doing this every week if nobody knows that I do it? Other people haven't thanked me. The pastoral staff hasn't thanked me. Does anyone at this church know I exist? Maybe if you're feeling those kinds of things, the only reason you were doing it in the first place was to be seen or appreciated. Once again, we should not desire being ignored. The goal is not to be ignored. And and Christians should not make others feel ignored, but we can't live by this. We cannot be controlled by this. How you fear others ignoring you should not be more important in your life to how God sees and knows you. How God sees you and how God knows you must become more important than how other people feel about you. How does this fear control us when we're falling into this trap, when we're living by the fear of being ignored? Maybe you're trying to figure out tonight while you're listening to this message that you're trying to figure out if this is a fear that you were struggling with. If, if it takes control, what, what exactly will that look like? Well, when we fall into this trap, this particular brand of fear of man, it will control us in one of two broad ways. 
It will lead us, depending on, uh, honestly, our personality and our past experience and just the way we're wired, it will lead us to either start acting out or closing up, okay? The way we respond to being controlled by the fear of being ignored is either we act out or we close up. So one of the ways is that we act out. Uh, We act out when our craving for attention and being seen are so strong, so influential and so dominating that we start to fulfill that craving in illegitimate or even sinful ways. We feel like we're not being noticed, we're not being seen, we feel invisible, we feel like we need more affirmation, so we'll do sinful things in order to get it. People that are controlled by the fear of being ignored in the workplace may become difficult and tough to deal with. Children that feel ignored by their parents will do whatever it takes to get their attention. Even if, and sometimes especially if, it means behaving in ways that lead to discipline of some kind. Kids figure out really quickly, if my parents don't pay attention to me, non-compliance is always an option, right? Mom and dad are all of a sudden interested in seeing me and acknowledging my existence when I refuse to obey, and so that's what kids do sometimes. More seriously, it could even lead to self-harm or eating disorders, especially with teenagers. Spouses that live by the fear of being ignored by their spouses may turn to argumentativeness and contention. It's possible your spouse knows the only way you're going to have a conversation is if they argue about something. And honestly, probably most of the time, that, that could be even subconscious. They just want to connect with you as their spouse deeply and... Uh, Subconsciously, they have that drive to do that, so they're going to argue because it's the only way that that's worked in the past. It's also possible that this would lead to flirting at work because if their spouse isn't getting, giving them enough, enough attention, they will do whatever it takes to find someone who will, even if that means sinning. Those that live by the fear of being ignored in their friendships might do whatever it takes to get attention online. Now, online connectivity is not a real substitute for a community, but, but, it, can, but it is an addictive behavior. And, and younger people, especially when they feel disconnected, will go online and spend more time in front of a screen. That's, of course, really destructive because their fear is that they're going to be unknown and isolated and not really connected. So if they spend five to six hours in front of a screen, it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. They will leave their social media life feeling unknown, unseen, and very disconnected, right? But that's often what happens. Church members that live in the fear of being ignored act out this way. They may experiment with gossip, with criticism, slander, tearing others down. If, If they can't be seen on their own merits, if people aren't genuinely interested in them as people, they can always try turning... Uh, turning opinions toward others in a negative way. So acting out is one way this happens. Another way that we respond when we're being controlled by the fear of being ignored is by closing up. So there's not just acting out, there's closing up. While acting out compensates for this fear by drawing attention to oneself, closing up is kind of the opposite. It's almost like saying there's no point in trying to get attention, so I'm just going to be, be isolated. 
I'm going to repress everything. I'm not going to connect with other people because no one really likes me. I'm not going to try to start relationships in the church because no one really wants to have a friendship with me. I'm not going to invite anyone over to my house for dinner because no one will like my house. I'm not going to go out to lunch with this person because they, they really, if they accept it, it's only because they feel bad for me. So because you feel ignored or because you fear being ignored, you close up. At work, uh, the, the employee can close up and isolate and stop contributing to the culture of the workplace, stop helping others do their work. Children who live by this fear may ironically look like really good kids and eventually one day years later just kind of blow up because they've been repressing things for so long. They feared being ignored by their parents so they thought well I don't deserve attention from my mom, I don't deserve attention from my dad, I really am invisible so I'm just going to stay invisible. There's no point in even trying to be seen. I'll always be ignored by my parents. Spouses who close up won't be argumentative, they won't be contentious, they won't be ready to fight at the drop of the hat. Instead, they won't admit their feelings. They won't have healthy disagreements or healthy productive fights. They just won't open up to their spouse at all, becoming conflict avoidant and silent. And church members controlled by the fear of being ignored start closing up. You're not going to hear much from them. You won't hear anything from them, and eventually they will just disappear. Now, I hope you see the problem with both extremes. These are both really damaging and destructive ways to deal with this fear. And you notice they don't really deal with the fear. They don't get to the problem. This is how, you know, you probably typically respond to this fear in one of these two ways. You're the type of person who's going to act out and be chaotic and destructive and hurtful to others if you feel ignored, or you're the type of person who's going to close up and repress. There's, neither of those are what we need to do. Do you see this? Neither of those are how we deal with this fear. Because even if you act out and even if you close up, you're still being controlled by this fear. The fear of being ignored at the end of the day is still running, uh, running your life. It's still calling the shots. There is a better way, and we find that way in the Bible. Here's the truth. If we want to overcome the fear of being ignored, we have to look to the character of God. This is what we as Christians must do. There's nothing within ourselves that will solve this problem. The answer is found in how we think about the Lord. Listen, God's care, if you're dealing with the fear of being ignored, God's character must be bigger to you than others' ability to withhold attention from you. There's an example of this in Genesis chapter 21. Genesis chapter 1, we're going to read verses 9 and 10 and then verses uh, 14 through 16. Genesis 21 verse 9. And Sarah saw the son of Hagar, the Egyptian, which she had borne unto Abraham, mocking. Wherefore she said unto Abraham, Cast out this bondwoman and her son, for the son of this bondwoman shall not be heir with my son, even with Isaac. Go to verse 14. And Abraham rose up early in the morning and took bread and a bottle of water and gave it unto Hagar, putting it on her shoulder and the child, and sent her away. 
And she departed and wandered in the wilderness of Beersheba. And the water was spent in the bottle, and she cast the child under one of the shrubs. And she went and sat her down over against him a good way off, as it were a bowshot. For she said, Let me not see the death of the child. And she sat over against him and lifted up her voice and wept. I want you to just take a moment to imagine this scene before we go any further. And even some of the events that led up to it. Hagar had not gone to her position in life by a series of decisions that she had the authority to make. She's a slave and a woman and living in the ancient world. That's three strikes, right? She had all three strikes. She had no freedom. She had no choice. She had no decisions. But unfortunately, her life had been controlled by a series of really, really bad decisions on the part of Abraham and Sarah. Abraham, in a time when he lacked faith, wrongfully took her as a concubine. This wasn't Hagar's plan. This wasn't Hagar's choice. She has a son. Eventually, so does Sarah. Now, because Sarah has no use for Hagar, because she was only kind of a, she served a utilitarian purpose, once that purpose was through, she couldn't bear the sight of her. For, for Sarah, Hagar only brought back guilt. It only brought back the pain of remembering when, when, when she and Abraham were failing to trust God, and she just couldn't bear to even look at her. So she gets sent out into the wilderness to die. Do you think Hagar may have felt ignored? <laughs> I mean, if there's anyone in the Bible that up until this point has the reason or has a, has a legitimate reason to feel like people are ignoring them, do you think it's this lady with her child out there in the wilderness starving to death? Do you think she was getting enough attention? No. If anyone had reason to completely give themselves over to the fear of being ignored, it, it was Hagar. Why does God include this story in the Bible? We'll keep reading verse 17. Verse 17, God intervenes, and in intervening, teaches the reader something about himself. Verse 17, and God heard the voice of the lad. And the angel of God called to Hagar out of heaven and said unto her, What aileth thee, Hagar? Fear not, for God hath heard the voice of the lad where he is. Arise, lift up the lad, and hold him in thy hand, for I will make him a great nation. And God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water, and she went and filled the bottle with water and gave the lad drink. This is beautiful. Don't you love uh, how the story of Israel, you know, Israel's uh, time in Egypt, how that finally starts to turn. Do you remember when it is? They're groaning. 400 years of slavery. No rescue. No restoration. Apparently, no keeping of his promises on God's part. But what does it say? God heard their groanings. Listen, God listens. God hears. Hagar feels alone. Hagar feels abandoned. Hagar is not getting any attention. Hagar's not getting any acceptance. She's not getting any affirmation. But God heard the cry of her son and the cry of her heart. 
Here's the truth that we take from Hagar's story. When you fear being ignored, remember this. God can see where you are, can hear what you feel, and can provide what you need. God can see where you are, can hear what you feel, and can provide what you need. Is that encouraging to you tonight? I hope it is. Hagar responded to the fear of being ignored by learning about the character of God. And the readers of Genesis are then invited into this text to do the same thing. That's why it's there to be entered into. That, that our fear of being ignored, that our fear of being left out, that our fear of being abandoned, that our fear of being invisible is not the end of the story because there is a God who sees and who knows and who listens even to those who fear being ignored. Of course, Genesis 21 is not the only place we see this. These aren't on the screen, but I'll just read them quickly. Matthew 28, he tells his disciples, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Hebrews 13, 5, Jesus tells us, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. John 14, And I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. You know, John 14 is a great reminder that when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're not just talking about some doctrinal concept. You know, a lot of times when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we end up talking about arguing about biblical text and saying, well, these are things that his Spirit does and these are things the Spirit doesn't do. But we forget, he's not just part of a doctrinal conversation. He is God and he is a real person. He's not primarily someone we argue about, although the Bible does have clear teaching about the Holy Spirit. But primarily, the Holy Spirit is someone we experience. When Jesus talks about the Holy Spirit, he doesn't list him as just a point of doctrine. He says, he will comfort you, he will dwell with you, he will be in you. Those are exper- that, that's experiential language. And at our moments when we are being controlled by this fear the most, those are the same moments we live completely unaware that the Holy Spirit of God is always with us. I know we're unaware of him sometimes because we live like he's not even there. We almost live sometimes like we're under the old covenant, where the Holy Spirit is a person that may come on one or two really famous people at specific points, but that's not how the new covenant operates. We have the Holy Spirit's presence with us continually. We just seem to forget that sometimes, and we forget it most when we're in the trap of this fear, don't we? So we have to remind ourselves of this truth. God can see where you are, can hear what you feel, and can provide what you need. So how do we respond to the fear of being ignored practically? How can we do, how can we take specific steps to hold on to what we know to be true about God? Because holding on to the truth about God is the only thing that's going to get us through the temptation to fear being ignored by others. One way we do this, and it's in your handout for this week, is by practicing honest prayer. It's also known as lament. 
this week what I want you to do for your spiritual exercise is take those. Now, a couple months ago, I, we did a combined connection group on how to pray scripture. You could revisit that if, if you need to. But specifically, I want you to pray through these psalms. Not just read them, not dissect them, not, not study them or outline them, but just read them kind of out loud to God and then pray whatever, whatever comes to mind. When we use the psalms of lament, it helps us be honest with God about what's really going on in our hearts. And this is so important when we are trapped in this fear of being ignored. Because we can feel invisible to other people, we can feel unseen by other people, we can feel like we're not even on the radar of other people, and then when we come to pray, if we pray at all, and in those times we often aren't praying, when we come to pray, we, we talk to God as if he doesn't really know what's going on in our hearts as if we're invisible to him. But one way to be present to this reality that God knows, sees, hears us, and is with us is by being honest in our prayer. That means telling him what's really on your heart. That that means not telling him the kinds of things you would say while you're praying for a meal at a fellowship. It means being comfortable admitting to him the problems you have that you you wouldn't have told your mom or your dad. Because we're not talking about performance here, we're talking about honesty. We're not talking about praying in front of God, we're talking about actually talking to God. And lament helps us do that more than any other spiritual practice that I know of. If you struggle with the fear of being ignored, then God's character must be bigger to you than others' ability to withhold attention from you. This is the point that we have to arrive at. I don't want to sugarcoat the reality of what we're fearing here. So I'm going to tell you, you may fear being ignored by others. And in fact, you may be ignored by others. I'm not saying that's not going to happen. No, most of us have already experienced that. This is, this is a legitimate thing that can happen. We can't be ignored by others. But listen, Christian, the point is, remember that you are not ignored by God. You may... Fear being invisible to others, and in fact, you may be invisible to others, but you're not invisible to God. You may be forgotten by others. You may be pushed out by others, but you will never be forgotten or pushed out by God if you are in Christ, because you are his child in whom he is well pleased. You may not be paid attention from others that you deserve as someone created in God's image. But God is always paying attention to you as one of his sons or daughters in Jesus whom he loves. You may be abandoned by others. But God will never abandon you. His spirit is with you. So let's remember God can see where you are, can hear what you feel, and can provide what you need. So we need to remember his presence. And if, you're, you're, if this fear is especially something that you're dealing with, then what you may need to do tonight is to just be honest to God about it. If you struggle with fearing being ignored, if you struggle feeling invisible and feeling unseen by people in the church, by people in your family, by your spouse, by people at work, listen, the only way to start down this path of overcoming this fear is telling God what's really going on in your heart. 
And what you'll discover as you unload to God about this fear is that God hears you, God sees you, and God knows you. Let's all stand tonight.